and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves it the most, Luke Throop, here on another uh, thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday for Torch Report 537, a personal journey and the twisting of fate. Friends, let me ask you, when was the last time that you've reflected on the path that has brought you up to right here and now? This perpetual moment, the, the ever-present unfolding magical moment of now. What brought you to right here, right now? And the, and the reason I ask is because I'm kind of in a mood this morning. I kind of was in a funk this morning. We're going to get into that just a little bit. Um, but I, I want to start out with a poem that just kind of came to me as I sat down to write this morning's report. The doesn't have a title, but you know, the, the thread of thought the thread of thought that weaves and knits the words we use and our daily skits, oft driven by the global shifts in the things we can't understand. There's need to release to obtain inner peace. There's need to let go and refrain from chasing the rabbits and seeking that peace that's currently racking the brain. The secret here is to listen and hear, to observe and revise what's inside to reflect and collect what the heart may beget when we rest where the spirit reside. You know, friends, when, uh, <laughs> when, when I'm struggling for words, it tends to come out for me in poetry. I think that when we, uh, when we can look between the words sometimes to find deeper meaning. So today, rather than making any effort to provide the usual astute political analysis, this torch report is going to be more of a letter from Luke, words from my heart to yours. So thank you uh, in advance for indulging me here. As I was saying, as I surveyed the newscape today, I felt a sort of malaise and kind of dismay, every intent, uh, ever intent, I should say, on an understanding my emotions. I was like, why am I feeling this way, you know? I simply stopped reading. I closed the browser down. I closed my eyes. I took a few deep breaths. And I just listened. What was going on in my inner world? Why was I feeling the way that I was? And what were the thoughts that kept popping up? Where was my mind inclined to go? You know, do you ever do this? I don't know, you know. But this kind of observation, it helps to awaken the inner awareness, resting within this inner awareness by simply sitting in a moment of silence for a moment. And in such moments of sitting in silence, a, a cacophony of sound arises kind of spontaneously, it seems, from the, the con- collisions of all the bits and parts of my biological being, the breath, the heartbeat, the vibrations that tickle my ears. You know, this is something I've done for a long, long time. So there's more depth I've discovered in these moments of silence that could possibly be plumbed in a lifetime, uh, let alone articulated in a daily report. So like I said, it's a habit I've been, I've developed, but I, I recommend exploring this habit of sitting in silence. And as a matter of fact, as I was thinking about that this morning, I remembered I had uh, once interviewed a Christian author. His name is Rich Lewis, and he wrote a book, Sitting with God. And one of the lines in that book that struck me most profound was a line that says, silence is not empty. It is filled with God. Silence is not empty. It is filled with God, says the Christian author Rich Lewis in Sitting with God. Now, 
I did put the link to the full interview with Rich Lewis in the report today. The title of the interview was How to Connect with Your True Self on the Wisdom of Silence and, and the Centering Prayer with Rich Lewis. So that was just one of many of the interviews I had the honor of doing back in the summer of 2021 as I was launching the Soul Path podcast. This was way before the Torch Report. And uh, as, as that memory surfaced this morning, as I revisited that experience in that time in life, there was something that was just kind of stirring up deeply within me. There's something there, I thought. There's something there. And, and all at once, it just seemed appropriate to tell you a story, a story that I've kept stuffed and buried deep inside. You may be wondering, of course, what the hell this has to do with <laughs> politics and all that. We'll get to that. But how did I go from interviewing spiritual leaders to opining on the geopolitical chaos? And, and I want to speak to that. I want to share the story of how I got from, from there to here, if you will. I want to share this story because it feels like it might shine some light on the greatest divide that's facing our country today, namely the religious division that I've touched on so many times before. So at the outset here, I want to acknowledge that this is actually hard for me to share this story because sharing this story, putting it in writing, broadcasting it to the world, uh, is really exposing myself in what feels like a pretty vulnerable way. So why did I stop recording the Soul Path podcast? Why did I cut my hair? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, friends, it was for political reasons. Um, it was for conformity. You see, during the time that I was making those podcasts, uh, re uh, the video and all that, you can see my hair is all wild and all this kind of stuff. But I was helping coach high school football. I was loving that. I was teaching yoga. I was coaching people on personal development and spiritual growth. And I was interviewing these spiritual leaders from all around the world. And things changed when I was fired as a football coach. I got fired for telling the kids they didn't need to be afraid of COVID and they didn't have to wear a mask, you know. So that's it. You're out of here. So that event, the firing there, ultimately is what pushed me into political activism. What was happening was so wrong, you know, trying to make these kids wear a mask and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't just sit back and allow it to happen. I'm a fighter, and so I started to fight. You know, I, I created a parental rights presentation to get other parents fired up about protecting the, their kids from these ridiculous authoritarian dictates and all that. I, I created the shifting perspective presentation to inform the community about the whole COVID con. I was speaking at public meetings and community gatherings, and from all of that, uh, several people came up and really strongly encouraged me to run for school board. Like, hey, be good. You know, you're, you're passionate about protecting these kids from all this craziness. You should run for school board. And so I thought, you know what? I, I, okay, I will. I felt like if, uh, you know, all these people are pushing me in that direction, I should do it. So I did put in the report today uh, all, some images from my platform, my signage, and this and that. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com. Check out thetorchreport.com. You'll see some pictures of your favorite fuzzy peasant running for Golden Day school board position number four as a ride-in. I was the voice of choice for parental choice uh, as a college-educated Army veteran, football coach, court-appointed special advocate, 4-H shooter, sports instructor, yoga for seniors and vets, and a children museum treasurer, fair board fundraising chair, Army emergency relief campaign, neighborhood watch, and a lifetime of service. Uh, I was up there to put myself out there to say to everyone, force vaccinations are entirely unethical. Masking our kids is unnecessary and harmful. Critical race theory is full of treacherous lies. Sex ed should not have porn or propaganda, and public education 
indoctrination is not indoctrination. I was your voice for parental choice here in the local community. I had endorsement from Washington Parents' Rights and Education um, and, and others. So, And I nearly pulled it off, honestly. It was, a, it was just a two-week write-in campaign, kind of a last-minute thing, running against an incumbent whose family had been in the area for generations. I was the new kid in town. In reality, ultimately, it wasn't going to happen. But it was, I think, a bit of a wake-up call for the uh, kind of the entrenched school board and the commie hack superintendent uh, that, hey, the people have had enough of this propaganda being shoved down their throats. So anyway, during the campaign, one day I was playing my guitar outside the library, you know, making some noise, having some fun, handing out flyers, introducing myself to people, answering questions. And on that day, I got pulled aside by a nice, sharp dressed man, clean cut local gentleman. And he whispered in my ear, people like you, people like you, but they're not going to vote for a hippie. <laughs> you need to get cleaned up if you want a shot at being election, uh, being elected. So that, that's, uh, I thought, wow, you know, people like you, but they're not going to vote for a hippie. You got to get cleaned up. You want to be elected. I'm really chewing on that. I did put a picture in the report today of what I look like on that day. So you can see, um, and then also a picture of myself jamming, you know, up at the county fair. My hair's all wild and all that kind of stuff. But to, you know, to be clear, you know, prior to the pandemic, I'd been a clean cut guy, right? I'd always, you know, ever since I was in the military, I kind of just maintained a military haircut. It was only during the pandemic and while my family was homesteading that I let my hair grow wild and my beard grow out and otherwise, other, uh, grow out and, you know, go full wild man and all that, right? So, it was the first time in my life I'd ever looked like that, but coming to this new town, this, that's all people had ever known was this big fuzzy looking dude. And uh, since a lot of guys you know, my age were balding out and all that, I was, I was kind of digging having the hair. I was having fun with that. But more than that, again, back to the, the you know, process of self-reflection, there was something substantive in the, in the self, self-acceptance department as I went through this whole process of going full on wild man in a new community, uh, it was still me in the mirror when I looked in the mirror, even though I, I, I thought, geez, I kind of look ridiculous. And people, some people looked at me like I looked ridiculous. That was fine. The question I was asking myself at that time was, can I get over myself? Can I get over my outward appearance and accept that this was the way that God made me? Because if I can't do that, then nobody else can either. So I was, that's where I was at. Those were my internal reflections at that point in time, uh, which of course were aligned with my personal belief that life is really all about the spiritual priority. It's about peeling back the layers of self-deception to see ourselves and the world as it really is. That's where I was at when I was running for school board. You know, I'd spent a lifetime on on and off this path, but, you know, it, it was boggling to me uh, that that somebody would see it that way and just tell me, nobody's going to vote for a hippie, you got to get cleaned up. You know what I mean? <laughs> you might imagine how my heart just kind of sank that day when this nice, clean-cut gentleman whispered his words of wisdom to me. And as much as I hated the premise that I was going to be rejected because of my appearance, uh, <clears throat> you know, I just kind of had to accept that that's, you know, it, it rubbed me wrong. It pushed all of my rebel buttons, but I knew he was right. I knew he was right. And so I talked it over with my wife and the hair had to go, you know, but it wasn't just the hair that had to go here, you know, and again, I'm justifying this in myself by thinking, you know, in order to be able to step up and help fight and protect these kids, uh, I, I need to do what I can do to, you know, to get elected. And so 
Again, the hair wasn't the only thing that needed to be sacrificed. It was this whole hippie image, the way that people were seeing me. Because, I mean, come on, what self-respecting Christian conservative could ever support a candidate who was cranking out crackpot, new-age, hippie content like Tantra, meditation and transcending ego, or healing mind, body, and spirit with the elixir of chi, or spiritual activation, personal gifts, and the experience of being different. These were just a few of the interviews that I had uh, done, you know, right in and around that time. And so realizing that the Soul Path podcast was kind of put to rest. Its wings were clipped before it ever took flight. Ditto for the nonprofit that I'd founded when I lived in Boise, the, the Heathen House International. You know, offering fellowship for seekers, for sinners, and for spiritual skeptics, that wasn't something that really resonated with my new predominantly Christian community. And here, you know, at that point, running for school board, being labeled a happy, healthy heathen uh, in a town like this, that was a recipe for going nowhere. It stung, but that was the sting of reality. Never mind the fact that Heathen House was uh, built as, you know, in, intended to be a bridge ministry aimed at meeting people where they were at, encouraging people to find their own path to God. Never mind that I'd been Pastor Luke in a past life, that I'd helped found ministries, that I was rubbing elbows with some of the most prolific church planners on the planet while in my 20s. You know, appearance and conformity, appearance and conformity in the present moment was clearly more important. And I suppose. You know, that's just the way that politics goes, uh, which is precisely why I never wanted to touch politics with a 10-foot pole, mind you. But I'd been prodded to run for school board, and I was doing so in good faith, and it, believing if I was elected, I could have a direct and positive impact on the community and on my family, since I have a high schooler myself. So uh, that, that's what all of that was all about. Now, okay, I got to get cleaned up, got to play the part and all that kind of stuff, and by the time the race was over, I knew, you know what, <laughs> I'm never going to do that again, you know, going back to my default, don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. But at that point, at that point, uh, having launched the Good Morning Goldendale podcast and the Goldendale Matters website, both of which were aimed at informing the local community about all the things I was learning uh, with regards to the Great Reset and discussing, you know, how we can organize local pushback against the globalist agenda. At that point in time, after the school board thing, uh, I was really very engaged and plugged in to a local network of really incredible people, people who valued life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness just as much as I did. And so somehow, kind of without realizing it, I had become a political activist. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there are all the meetings all the time, phone calls, emails, picket lines, protests on the courthouse lawn, petitions to reclaim our constitutional rights, political campaigns to elect a constitutional sheriff and other like-minded candidates, and on and on. Friends, I was in it to win it. I am an all-or-nothing kind of guy. And working side-by-side with so many amazing people. It was really a wonderful experience, you know. When the, uh, when the People's Convoy took off for Washington, D.C. in the spring of 22, this is when I was really in the thick of all this political activism, there was a small group of people who had banded together, pooled the resources, and they pitched in to send me along with the convoy. They wanted to have eyes on the ground. They wanted to be able to document what was really happening, history in the making there. And so with their goodwill and their support, I made this trek out to Washington, D.C. with the People's Convoy. And that's really where the torch report was born. 
right? I, I, I'm standing on the back of flatbeds and fanning the flames of freedom with missionary fervor. <laughs> to quote a, uh, the local paper, uh, the audience went from being just Goldendale, small town, you know, three, 5,000 people, something like that, uh, three to 5,000 people. Uh, but now that, you know, I had an audience all across the Fruited Plains. And so, yeah, and I, you know, from Goldendale, good morning, Goldendale, to the Torch Report. And anyway, you know what happened was while I was out on this trip, I observed some very interesting things. I observed division in the ranks. I observed a lot of hardcore Christians trumpeting kind of the God's army shtick. And I observed a lot of other liberty-loving Americans being completely put off by it. You know, freedom, fighting for freedom, it isn't a religious exercise. It's not, you know, it's not only Christians who are fighting for freedom. Fighting for freedom is an expression of the human soul. And so out on this trek, it was 6,200 miles out there and back, talked to a lot of people, and there was this common division. You know, the hardcore Christians on the one side and, the, you know, the liberty-loving Americans who are, you know, religiously unaffiliated, shall we say, on the other side. And in my mind, friends, it doesn't really matter how someone makes peace with their maker. It doesn't matter whether they choose to believe that humanity is nothing more than a speck of dust in the cosmos. Anyone who hasn't been brainwashed retains the innate desire to live as a free human being. And I had many campfire conversations along these lines throughout the trips. I knew I wasn't the only one thinking this way. And once I got back home, you know, I get back home, settling in, sharing the experience. I realized that, you know what? The vast majority of the people that I'd become associated with, the majority of people that I was fighting alongside, considered to be my friends and allies, the people that I had come to respect and care for, were largely traditional Christian conservatives, a.k.a. traditional Republicans. Not all, but most of the people would fit into that category. Whereas earlier in the pandemic, you know, People of all walks of life had pulled together. You know, they were standing up for medical freedom and parental rights and all that kind of stuff. That was, that was in 2020 and 2021, but now we're in 2022. And people were just kind of slowly settling back into their prior social circles. Baptists were hanging out with Baptists. Adventists were hanging out with Adventists. Mormons were hanging out with Mormons and so on. And the unchurched and the religious, uh, non-religious folks, you know, they went back to kind of being adrift, fluttering between social circles in search of stimulating open-minded conversations and acceptance. Now, nearest I can tell, that's where most people are at right now. We're in 2024. People are back in their little groups. There are fewer and fewer people at the meetings, because the politics are just so nasty, you know, nobody wants to offend their neighbors or risk their reputation by standing up for something, rocking the boat. You know, they don't want to stand up in opposition to something that other people in town disagree with. That's just small town politics. They want to go back to life like it was before. They want to go back to the way that it was. Friends, but if there's, there's one thing I've come to believe absolutely and something I've attempted to make crystal clear in the last 535, 36 reports now, it's that there's no way, there's no way we can go back to the way that it was. Not now, not ever, you know. People like you, but they're not going to vote for a hippie, you know. Well, that's the way that it was. I don't know. You know, I don't really care. Uh, 
I'm not looking for votes. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. But I think that that points to the fact that, you know, we've got these petty divisions within the liberty movement. I'm trying to shine light on the truth here that there's more that unites us as Americans than there is that divides us. I'm trying to bring people together to talk about the bigger issues that besets us, uh, that beset us. And I'm trying to break down the walls that are dividing us within the liberty movement. And I'll share just a little story here. I see the time. We're going to go just a minute or so long here. But I recently met with a man, very respectable man in the community with whom I align politically, you know, pretty much 100%. We have very much in common. Uh, and he told me, as we're having this conversation over lunch, he told me that, that doing yoga was devil worship and that it invited evil spirits to possess my body. <laughs> Um, really, you know, as a veteran who'd used yoga as a tool to overcome a decade of chronic pain and crawl out of the pit of despair and, and depression and all that and avoid the amputation of a left, my left foot, I, I, politi- I politely disagreed. You know, I don't believe that yoga is devil worship that invites evil spirits into my body. Sorry, don't agree. You know, I assured this gentleman that I, I do love God. Though I did refrain from discussing the nuance of our different understandings on what exactly that means, you know, I could accept that we disagreed on this. And I felt that regardless of what we disagreed on, we were still allies in the liberty movement, though I, you know, that sentiment didn't exactly feel reciprocated. And thus, here I am standing in the gap, you know, why was I feeling the funk this morning? Friends, it's because everywhere I looked, I saw these sorts of superficial divisions being stoked. I saw America being divided. I saw our nation under attack. And rather than seeing people come together to defend the republic, I saw people retreating into the comfort zones of groupthink and party platform, party affiliation. And I'm here to tell you that is not the answer. That path will only end in defeat. That's what I believe. It will end in the death of the American dream. Friends, we must find a better path forward. Therefore, we must resist the urge to be divided along such superficial lines. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Find that heart. Click that heart. Give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you show this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.